This is episode number 16 with Repair the World fellows, Jamie Fox and Addie Susnick. Welcome to the We Love Philly podcast. My name is Carlos Aponte, a Philadelphia school teacher whose mission is to promote volunteerism throughout the city of Philadelphia and help put the brotherly love back into the city of brotherly love. Each week, my students and I bring you a person or organization that is making Philly a better place. Thanks for spending some time with us, and let's dive in. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and your verb agree to serve. You don't have to know the second theory of thermodynamics and physics to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. And former Attorney General of Washington, Rob McKenna, once said, you can study government and politics in school, but the best way to really understand the process is to volunteer your time. Welcome to the We Love Philly podcast. Today, we dig deep into the organization called Repair the World Philadelphia. Repair the World Philadelphia is an organization that connects Philadelphians with volunteer opportunities all over the city. The three things we talked about in this episode are why the average American spends more time shopping in their lifetime than volunteering. If you want to know how much time, they only spend 110.625 days or 2,655 hours of their life volunteering. But like I said, they spend five times as many hours shopping. So we dig into that. How Jamie and Addie's first year in Philadelphia has been shaped by the volunteer community and experiences and how to effectively plan community organization events around volunteering. If you want to learn more about Repair the World Philadelphia, you can email them at philadelphia at werepair.org or Visit their website, werepair.org slash Philadelphia to sign up to volunteer with them. They're also located at 40th and Market if you want to drop in to sign up to volunteer. You can also find them on Instagram at Philly underscore Repair and on Facebook at Repair the World Philadelphia. If you want to learn more about what We Love Philly is doing, you can visit us on Instagram at We Love Philly and on Facebook at We Love dot Philadelphia. We would appreciate any feedback you can give us on iTunes and the podcast. We're always looking to improve, rate us, comment to help the show grow. If you want us to volunteer for your organization, you can email us. We love LP Academy at gmail.com. We hope you enjoy this episode and let's dive in. Welcome, everybody, to the We Love Philly podcast. I am joined today with Repair the World Philadelphia fellows Addie Susnick and Jamie Fox. How are you? Good. Good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for asking. We just recently volunteered at the Anti-Defamation League's Walk Against Hate. We had a great time. Thank you for letting us help. Thank you for helping. Well, I want to get right into it. I was on the Repair the World website, and one quote jumped out to me immediately, and I wanted to ask you about it. So I read on the website that the average American will spend 2,655 hours of their life volunteering, but they spend five times as many hours shopping. What do you think that says about the current climate of our society? Not surprising, unfortunately. I think 
Volunteering, particularly for adults when it's not a requirement or school or such, often is forgotten or not considered as a primary activity. And so Prepare the World, part of our mission is trying to change that and make it more of a norm, whereas shopping is something adults see as just something you do, an everyday occurrence that doesn't have the same positive impact as that that time could have if it were spent volunteering. Yeah. What is Repair the World? It sounds like a huge undertaking for young people to be doing? So we are a social justice organization and we believe in really achieving justice through volunteering and through recruiting volunteers and spending our time serving others at nonprofits. So each of us are fellows. There's five of us here in Philly and we are partnered with different nonprofits around Philly, and we go to them and do service and work, which could look different for each partner. So I'm partnered with JFCS, Jewish Family and Children's Services, and so I work with their Adult with Disabilities Program and their Teen Empowerment Program, and then I recruit volunteers who are my age or older, 20s and 30s, to come with me and do um, service there. And then, Addy, if you want to talk about your service partners. Yeah. So I, one of my service partners is called Mitzvah Food Program, which is a food pantry run by the Jewish Federation um, that uses a choice-based model to encourage clients to come in and sort of shop in a mini grocery store that we set up. And so my role there is to go uh, three times every other week to help the lead the volunteers that are there in packaging supplies for homebound clients and then running an open pantry for the general population and one on every other Friday for older adults. And so it's a little bit different from what Jamie's doing with JFCS, for example, in that it's a little bit less focused on volunteer recruitment due to just the small size of the location that it's in. And a lot of focus instead goes on managing the volunteers that are there and on helping the clients with anything they need and helping be a point of contact for them. Cool. Since I'm assuming both of you have gone shopping before, which one makes you feel more fulfilled, volunteering or shopping? Definitely volunteering. <laughs> Definitely volunteering, no question. So I met Jamie through Serve Philadelphia. I sent an email when I first started We Love, looking for different places to bring my students yeah. to volunteer. And then you reached back out to me. Mm -hmm. And then we met at the Mitzvah Food Program where mm -hmm. we volunteered. Yeah, so that was actually part of our MLK Day of Service, yes. which is our largest weekend of service during the entire year. And yeah, the volunteer match form that you filled out is really cool because anyone that's interested in volunteering can go on our website and fill out a form and tell us what they're interested in. And then based on what they say they're interested in, one of the fellows will reach out to that person and connect them to volunteer opportunities. So so there's a difference between a fellow and a volunteer? A fellow is essentially a job. It's similar to if you've heard of an AmeriCorps fellow or a Peace Corps fellow, but domestic in the case of comparing it to Peace Corps, and it's a one-year position. Um, a volunteer is someone who comes in and helps us. It could be at one event, it could be at you know a few events every week at the upper end, any range, but it's someone who isn't it's not their full-time job to be part of Repair the World. We spend about 15 hours a week volunteering ourselves and then the rest of the time organizing volunteer groups and planning events. So that's what we do as fellows. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. And what? meeting with potential volunteers as well yeah. is a really big part of our job. Yeah. Like for example, um, with Mitzvah Food Program, whenever we do need volunteers, one of the main ways that we find them is just by meeting with folks and folks that are interested cool. in taking them out for coffee and getting to know them. Are you both locals to Philadelphia? No, I'm originally from the Northeast. 
Okay. And I'm originally from Florida. Oh, wow. So what have you learned about Philadelphia through volunteering? One thing I've learned about Philadelphia that I didn't know going in and I'm very excited about is that there's a huge number of community gardens and urban farms that are operating in Philly, which I've learned about through our volunteering program called uh, Philly Farm Crew, which we do with Jewish Farm School. And it's essentially just bringing volunteers to these different community gardens to help out the farmers. And it's allowed me to go see all these hidden beauties and gems of nature in the city that you would never know were there yeah. just at a first glance. Do you have any recommendations for listeners? Yeah, I personally love Sankofa Farm, um, Bartram's Garden. Cool. You get to go walk around the park and then also go visit this really amazing farm. Amazing. We volunteered for them about a month ago. We got to see Sankofa Farms. It is amazing that school students, high school students can help put that all together and, and have their own little plot of land. It's amazing. The talent that the farmers and the students have there is just mind blowing. Yeah. I think what I've loved so far about Philly is just the community and like the community feel when you're walking around, especially West Philly. A lot of the people that come to volunteer with us, I'll see around. And so I'll be walking around or I was in Center City the other day and one of our regular volunteers was riding past on his bike and he just yelled, hi, Jamie. And I was with a friend from out of town and she was like, how do you know that person? And I was like, oh, he comes to volunteer with us. So I think, yeah, the community feel, especially since I had only been to visit Philly twice in my life before yeah. I moved here, you know, I immediately felt part of the community within like a week or two of living here. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy to hear that as a Philadelphian, people are making you feel welcome. Yeah. Is this a religious organization or can anyone join? Is there a requirement to be a fellow? Because it sounds like you both came from outside to travel here. Is this like a national organization? or? So we are a national organization and Repair the World is a Jewish organization, but that's not a requirement for fellows or for volunteers. Cool. So not all of the fellows are Jewish. Um, I am Jewish and came to it from that background as someone looking for work that was related to social justice and Judaism. But it's definitely something that volunteers can engage with as much or as little as they feel comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah, I like to say that we're based in Jewish values. Okay. So some of the things you might see around our office space or some of the things you might see in a service learning text study that we do when we're bringing groups in to volunteer could be written about or based around Jewish values, but you don't have to be Jewish to be reading these texts or to engage with them, and you definitely don't have to be Jewish to volunteer with us. Um, But I also found Repair the World through being a member of the Jewish community and hearing about it from friends, and I just decided to apply, and that's how I ended up here. Cool. And you said it's in cities all over the country? Yeah. We are in Philly, Pittsburgh, Detroit, Miami. We have two sites in New York, Harlem, Brooklyn, and Baltimore without fellows. And we are about to have our first fellowship cohort in Atlanta. We have an outreach fellow there this year, but we're going to be really putting That's some cool. fellows there. So do you, when you're a fellow, do you just go to one city or do you have the pleasure of going to all the different Repair the World? So we're just based in one city, but something cool that we do is that we have national orientation at the beginning of our fellowship year where we get to meet all the fellows from the other cool. cities and we have mid-year retreat where we get to see them all again. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we definitely have relationships with them, but we... We stay in our city. So what happens after the one year? It sounds heartbreaking. Like so, it, the bonds, I know the bonds that I've been making so far volunteering 
And I'm like, all right, well, I live in Philly, so I can still see all of these people, but to yeah. make those bonds. Yeah, I think it's definitely hard because most people that do this fellowship only do it for one year and then end up leaving the city or end up staying there. This fellowship does have the option of doing it for a second year. So That's I'll cool. be staying on for a second oh, wow. year cool. next year. And then Addy, if you want to talk about your plans for next year. So I will unfortunately be leaving Philly at the end of the fellowship year, which definitely, as you were pointing out, is a little bit heart-wrenching to be part of such an amazing community and really dig into it, sort of this deep dive for a year and yeah. then leave. But I will be moving to Vancouver to do a PhD at uh, the University of British Columbia. Oh, wow. So really moving. Thank you. Wow. Have you ever been to Canada? Yeah, I used to go every summer to Nova Scotia and I've been to Vancouver before. So That's amazing. It's well, amazing good luck. Place. Thank you. When I was also doing some research, I uh, found a really cool hashtag that was on the website as well. It was hashtag share her story 2019. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? Yeah, I can. So it was, so our national office likes to do national campaigns. So because there's no fellows in the national office, they try and come up with these campaigns to really unite all of our cities. And so they come up with the campaign ideas and then we promote them in our individual cities. So Share Her Story was a campaign from the national office where they featured different Jewish women of color and their stories. So some of them were rabbis, some of them were doing you know, social justice work and it was a way to feature them. So we would post a picture, it was like a graphic of them, like a drawing, and then a little bit about them just to bring awareness to the fact that there are these Jewish women of color doing incredible work in our community here in this country. And also, it was also, I believe, a way to recognize people around you. So you could go onto the website and nominate a woman that you know was doing good work in your own community and nominate them. And I think it sent them a little blurb yeah. about um, someone nominated you to share your story. Wow. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, I, I had no idea that there were that many Jewish women of color. I was reading all the little stories about it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. When you're in Philadelphia and you are volunteering, do you see a lot of different community members coming together or is it strictly we're from this neighborhood, this is who's coming out or do you see people from all walks of life from all different parts of the city that come out to your events? I think a lot of it depends on the event. So for example, we had a dinner recently that was called the Breaking Bread Making a Difference Dinner that we ran in partnership with Broad Street Ministry and with Muslim Serve, which are cool. a Christian and Muslim organization or congregation respectively. and. Through that, we were able to really engage with members of the wider Philly community that we don't normally get to see at our events, um, simply just from not really reaching those folks in sharing our events, not out of any active choice. Um, so it's really exciting to have that opportunity. And then some of our events are a little bit more locally specific, again, not really as an active choice, just by the nature of them. Yeah. So for example, some of our farm crews really end up pulling folks that are from that neighborhood. Like one I run at Pentridge Children's Garden, which is in West Philly, is almost always folks that are from that area and live near or relatively near to the garden. Definitely not exclusively, but you have a range of different levels of geographic and um, demographic diversity. Yeah. 
It's more like geographic location. So I'm planning event an event in June that will be taking place in Clark Park. And so it's geared towards millennials, so like 20s and 30s. And I was talking to someone and they were saying how they live in Center City. And so they most like they didn't know where Clark Park was. Whereas like we live right by Clark Park. So it's like a very familiar area to us. And same with our friends that live in West Philly. It's a you know an yeah. area where like Clark Park is a place everyone goes to hang out, go to the farmer's market, you know, meet up with friends. Um, but for people that live in Center City, it's just yeah. they wouldn't even know where it is. Yeah. So it's amazing that it's really is like a city of neighborhoods. But mm-hmm. I feel like there needs to be more of neighborhood mingling and get people to know that Clark Park is an amazing park. Like yeah. Center City's not that far away. It's what, like a 10 minute trolley ride? And you're there. And yeah. to not know that that park exists mm-hmm. and you're in Center City. Yeah, it's mind boggling yeah. sometimes, especially in the age of the internet and social media. Yeah, definitely. But I think our events that take place here in our workshop on 40th and Market really do get people from all over because it is so close to the subway and yeah we had an event here it was called the art of gun reform and it was a part art exhibit and then part panel of people talking about their experiences with gun violence and also showing how they express their feelings through art and yeah i could talk more about that yeah please i'm just mind blown that you're here for a year and you've already Mm -hmm. both of you listed almost double digit events that you've organized and ran and it just makes me smile. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really cool. I also think it's cool that Repair the World, you know, gives us the resources to create events like this. Like I came into this fellowship not really knowing, you know, what issue areas I wanted to focus on, but I always knew that, you know, gun violence and gun reform was something that I'm passionate about like changing. And so I, you know, was able to make this event happen just from you know, wanting to do that. So yeah. I kind of, I, when I'm talking to my friends about this part of the work, I always describe it as almost having the opportunity to dream up an event and then actually make it happen yes. versus leaving it in your dreams, which I think also ends up contributing to just the diversity and range of folks we get in our program. Because we all have different ideas and different areas we're passionate about, that also helps us engage with different folks that share those interests. Like, um, for example, for Purim, I had just a whim that I thought it might be fun to do a drag show that focused on the gender bending and the gender roles that are at work in the Purim story and suggested it thinking, oh, this is just something I think would be really cool and kind of a dream. And then we actually did it wow. and had the opportunity to be given the resources and folks with the knowledge and the um, connections in that community to be able to make it happen and engage with a lot of queer folks that are like, young adults in our area and from Center City, from South Philly, from all over the city. Yeah. So since you're both experts at it, for the younger people listening, what would you say like top three things to make your event a reality? I mean, I think you have to be creative because it's so easy to just do what people have done before. So like a panel discussion. A panel discussion, I've been to so many events that have panels and a lot of events, they're just a panel discussion. But for my event, I really wanted it to make to make it you know more interactive than that. So I thought, why not also have an art exhibit um, and also have people giving out resources and talking about their organizations. 
So that was really cool. Also with the Purim event, um, Purim's a Jewish holiday about where people tend to like dress up and, you know, about identity. And not only did we have a really fun, you know, drag show, but we were also doing a service project and a service learning to go along with it. So I think you just need to be creative is one thing I would say. And then I think for me, the probably the top thing or one of the top things would be to have a goal in mind when you start planning the event. So to continue with the example that Jamie brought up for Purim and doing a service project, the goal that I had in mind going into it, or the two goals I had was that I wanted to be able to share the Purim story in a queered light and that I wanted to support Philly's vulnerable LGBTQ plus community. And so the entire event was shaped around ways that we could meet those two goals versus planning the event and then thinking, what can we potentially get out of this that we've already created? I think for me, a third would definitely be to be ready and excited to delegate the responsibilities that go into planning an event. I think it's very easy to conceptualize an event in your own mind and feel like you have to create that on your own. But one of the most amazing things about working on the Repair the World Philly team is that we all work together for all of our events and by working together and by being open to hearing each other's ideas throughout that process, Beautiful. it really enhances all of our events. So for Jamie's event that she was just, or that they were just mentioning in June in Clark Park, I'll be helping with the curriculum and we are able to bounce ideas back and forth on that and really grow through each other's knowledge. That's awesome. So when you say team, there's the five fellows are the people who plan all of this. You only have five people. Yep. Wow. <laughs> and so I think that's a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and I like having that amount of people because we have different roles set out for each event. So if you're the one who's coming up with the idea for the event and it's really your like brain child, then you're the point person for the event. So you're the one who's delegating those tasks. And then some other roles we have for events are food and venues. So you have someone to like handle the catering and everything. So you're not doing all of that work. We have outreach and social media. So then that person is reaching out to different community members and groups, and then also like engaging on social media. With having different roles for the events, we can all work as a team to really make events as as great as possible because it's not possible for one person to to plan an entire event. Yeah. It just wouldn't be as successful as if you had five people working on it. I did a whole bunch of research before I came here because once, once I started on the website and saw the cool things that Repair the World does, I was like, okay, I'm going to go into a deep dive because I didn't know one organization could have such a reach. So I also read about the One in America movement. Do either of you know what that is? So... It's not something that we're super involved with directly at Repair the World Philly, although it's something that I personally would love to engage more with. But it's essentially a program that Repair the World National um, works on that brings together folks from different faith backgrounds or I believe some other different categories of backgrounds as well and has them join together in an honest and open conversation about issues facing our country today in order to really open up a dialogue between groups that might have more in common than they realize or might be more open to really engaging with each other 
than they realize, yeah. but that normally don't necessarily have the opportunity to do so. Gotcha. You're living that in Philadelphia with Broad Street Ministries and Muslim Serve, and yes, in your organization. That's cool. Since you're both not from Philadelphia and you're new to the city, when you go around Philadelphia, what do you see? What does it make you think? And what does it make you wonder about the city? One thing that I am struck by continuously as I walk around Philly this year is the small town feel of it in many ways. Having grown up in a relatively small town, it feels similar in so many ways, which is recognizing both people and places very quickly and really feeling like it's one community while at the same time getting to experience so many different communities within that broader Philadelphia area. So really seeing that balance has been just striking from when we first moved here through now 10 or so months later. That's for me the main essential character of the city. And I think also going off of that here on our block where our office is at 40th and Market, like I think that it's really cool to see the same people, you know, to go outside and um, talk to people who are also, you know, working here, living here and just talk to them about their experiences and then get to see them on a weekly basis. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Very community based. One thing that I actually heard about in I think my first week in Philadelphia, one of my first weeks in Philadelphia, while I was um, volunteering with an organization called United by Blue, which does um, plastic cleanups along waterways, was Philadelphia's plan to go zero waste. Oh, wow. Um, And that's been something that we've mentioned a few times throughout the year when we've been learning about the city and that I've heard about in a few different organizations. I'm just excited to see how that progresses and how the plans for that continue to grow and develop and be executed. One of the events we did this year, um, towards the beginning of the year, was a zero-waste Shabbat dinner, so a Jewish Friday night dinner, where we tried to be as zero-waste as possible with the food that we were eating there and also the location of the event. And the people we brought in to speak were all working on zero-waste projects, so it was really cool. I not... 110% sure, but I do believe we were able to discard of everything in either compost or recycling, which when you think of zero waste, that's actually what we're referring to normally, not literally creating, you know, not having anything left at the end of an event, but having nothing that goes into the regular trash stream. And so we ended up actually just taking out the trash bags and putting in compost bags instead and carrying that out at the end of the night. Can you recall the moment when you were volunteering that you knew you were doing what you meant to be doing. I was point person for our MLK weekend of service, which is our largest weekend of service throughout the year, which I was, you know, touched on earlier. And I think it was during MLK weekend, I was at Neighborhood Bike Works, which is a really cool nonprofit just a few blocks from here. I was there with a group of volunteers from Bike and Build, which is a another nonprofit where they're really focused around bikes. And so they knew they had a lot of the bike knowledge, which I don't personally have. And then also a group of AmeriCorps volunteers. So it was a really interesting group of people from all different backgrounds. And I led a service learning on black girl push out in schools. It listed statistics and I was really nervous of leading a service learning about you know, racial justice when I am a white person. Yeah. I led the service learning that Addie had actually 
helped me create. So shout out to Addie for creating a really cool service learning. And I facilitated a discussion around racial justice at this volunteer project. And after it ended, people were coming up and thanking me for talking about this. So I think that was a moment for me where I sort of realized no matter how nervous I am when I go into these volunteer opportunities, like it really is making a difference for the people that are there. I have a lot of small moments like this where I am reminded of why I'm here and why I do this work. Like even something as simple as when Jamie and I arrived at the ADL walk um, last weekend, one of the teens from Youth Volunteer Corps, which is a group I work with, ran up and hugged me and was really excited that I was there. So there's little moments like that, but a particularly powerful one recently was at Mitzvah Food Program, where every so often we'll have bar and bat mitzvah students, so Jewish teenagers that are about to go through a ceremony marking their transition into adulthood, and they do a community service project as part of that normally. And so one of our bar mitzvah students, it was supposed to be his last day, and so I prepared a little service learning for him, talking about youth hunger in Philadelphia. And he really had been so engaged throughout his bar mitzvah project and decided at the end of the session that rather than making it his last time there, because it was his last required time, that he wants to still come back every month just because he loves being there and he wants to keep learning about hunger and food justice. And for me, that moment of having a 13-year-old or 12 or 13-year-old boy say, I am, want to make an active choice to come here because I want to, not because I have to. And having had a part in that just felt incredible. I love it. <laughs> you mentioned service learning. Does that happen with every volunteer event? What is a service learning? Yeah, so one of the really, I think, really cool things about Repair the World is that we have a model of not just going to a place, volunteering, and then leaving, but really digging into learning about the more societal issues or structural issues that have created the need to have this volunteer opportunity. We try to have at every volunteer opportunity or every time a volunteer comes um, a service learning, which just means a way to reflect on the service that they did that day and also talk about the issues that are at place um, during that. And that can look like anything from a text study, which is something we use quite frequently, like what Jamie was describing with the Black Girl Push Out Service Learning, to a game that helps to convey whatever the topic at hand is. We were just, before this interview, helping a teen that is completing a senior project with us this week, create kind of a puzzle-based service learning about literacy. So it's really a way to creatively convey the different issues that we're working on. Cool. If you could go back in time and tell the teenage version of yourselves three things, what would you tell you and why? One thing I would tell teenage me to do is to relax <laughs> and have faith in the process. I'm reminded every time I work with the youth volunteer core teams and with the other teams that volunteer sometimes in the food program of just how much everything feels really stressful and really intense all of the time. And just knowing that it works out and that energy that's being put into stressing over things that are not a huge deal is energy that can go into so many other areas of life, including volunteering. For me, I was actually really into volunteering when I was a teenager. I started coaching Special Olympics when I was 10, 
because my best friend in um, middle school, he has Down syndrome and we're still best friends. <laughs> but so he was on the Special Olympics swim team. And so I would go to practice with him when I was 10 years old and like cheer on the athletes that were like twice my age. And that's what I would do every weekend throughout middle school and high school. And so I think I was always... Even though I knew I was doing something good by volunteering, I felt very different from my peers because they would go out and do fun things, or at least what they would consider yeah. fun things on the weekend, like shopping and going to the movies and, you know, stuff like that, doing sports of their own where I would be volunteering. And so I think I would tell myself that that's a good thing, yeah. <laughs> that um, I don't. it's not something to be embarrassed about or something to be... I, you know, be sad about that. I'm not like everyone else. It's, it's a good thing yeah. and it will take me places. It took me here to repair the world. Yeah. So powerful. Yeah. I would definitely echo that as, as a teen, I was also really involved with volunteering and really involved with a Jewish youth group. And I've had my people there, but we were definitely not the norm of kids that are super excited to go out and volunteer with our temple. In the weekend, which I was, and it was amazing. So definitely would agree with embracing that. And a third thing that I would say is to remind myself to ask why. As I was mentioning, like I did a lot of service in middle and high school and really loved working with my youth group and working with our key club and actually ended up doing my Bat Mitzvah project, which was working with students or adults with special needs all through high school and realized at the end that I could only describe the issues that I was actually working on in the most basic terms um, because I hadn't really been asking why are we doing this specific thing throughout the process. And I would love to go back and really every time we were doing a project say, okay, why are we doing this versus yeah. something else related to the issue? Which I think is what makes mo uh, Repair the World's model of service learnings along with volunteering yeah, a really cool model. Yeah, I agree. I would love to send some love your way because what you're doing for our city is absolutely amazing. To be here for such a short amount of time, to have the big impact that you're having. I know personally, my students that I are trying to do with We Love Philly wouldn't have been possible because right from the jump when I met Jamie, she connected me with Youth Volunteer Corps. She connected me with Mitzvah Food Pro Program. She connected me with the ADL. She's made all of these connections where I've met all these great people who have then taught me all these other new people that I can now go and volunteer with. Really appreciate what Repair the World is doing for our city. So much love goes to both of you and I wish you the best with once you leave here, if you decide to stay, if you ever come back, please don't hesitate. We would love to host you or do something to, to send the love back your way. Thank you. Thank you so much. So one last question. What would be your definition of love? No pressure. Not a, <laughs> not a big question at all. I think I'm just going to go with the first thing that's coming to my brain with such a big question. I think it's concern and care that comes from a very genuine place for me is the feeling of love. Like being just yeah, genuinely concerned with the welfare of another person or thing or place is the feeling that I associate with love. I think having deep connections with the people around you, whether it's the people in your neighborhood, your friends, um, your family, your chosen family, or, you know, just the city that you're in. I think having deep connections with the people around you is what love is to me. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is called Just My Thoughts, where I give my takeaway from the episode you just heard. 
as you heard from the podcast, I feel super blessed to have met Addy and to have met Jimmy. They really got me jump-started on my volunteering journey throughout Philadelphia. And this organization is a really special one for two people who were not born and raised in Philadelphia to come to our city and to donate so much of their time to make the city better is a beautiful thing. And I was also really, really proud to hear that Philadelphia has welcomed them with open arms. They really enjoy living in Philadelphia. Jamie even said she was going to spend another year with Repair the World Philadelphia because she's had such a good time. It makes me feel really good about the on the ground scene in Philadelphia when it comes to volunteering and the work that everyone is putting in to make the city better. As we talked about before, it doesn't take much time to make the city a better place. One to two hours of volunteering on the weekends, during the week, at nights, after work, the people you meet, the impact you make, And what you really learn about yourself through volunteering makes the entire experience worth it. You really can start to develop an identity and start to learn and uncover who you truly are through volunteer work. And if you're out there feeling lost, just know that you're not alone. There's a whole community of volunteers in our city who would love to welcome you into the community, who would love to listen to what is going on in your life, who would love to help you make the transition into knowing that there are good people in our city who are trying to make the city a better place. We're here for you. We love you. Come out with us and volunteer. Have a beautiful day. (laughs) 